During that last song, great worship, by the way, guys. Brilliant uh, four-piece band, uh, but great worship. During that last song, I have to be completely open and honest with you. I had to mime it because I realized those first three songs, I'd belted it out, and I realized I've got to speak for half an hour. So I was miming away because I had to sort of think, I've got to save my voice. So hopefully it will hold out for the next 30 minutes. But I guess it helps me link to my first sort of thought, which is my body's changing. I'm changing. You're changing. But I'm just going to be open confession time just for the first minute. I'm 37 years old. And recently, I've become a crier. Like, I've become a crier. So, like, I found myself welling up briefly. I don't like watching the dancing on Strictly Come Dancing. But the encouragement that the dancers get from the judges, even Craig, who's notoriously strict, I just, I, I found myself welling up. I, this week, I, forgive just a 30-second venture into the world of football. This week, I was watching Newcastle United return to the European Cup for the first time in however many years. They've been in the doldrums, they've been down leagues, they've been pretty bang average as a football team for quite some years. And, you know, for a club of their size and, and following and stadium, they should be in Europe's elite competition. And they were back. And I was watching this vi video on social media, which was kind of, it, it was, I was, I was interested in watching it because it was, it said something like, listen to the crowd noise. So I turned it on, put my headphones in, and listened to the sound of when the anthem came and kicked in. And the sound of 50,000 people excited to be there was so inspiring. I welled up and a tear was shed. And I'm like, what am I doing? The same thing happened watching the Lionesses, so sort of equality. Lionesses during the summer, every time that national anthem, no, actually not even the national anthem, when I saw those women coming out of the tunnel, I started to cry. I don't know why, but I started to well up. And in football, they use this phrase, the 12th man. And it's true, very often, it is the 12th man, which is the crowd, the fans that get a team over the line when things are tight. And my, it helps me introduce my topic of today, which is in, in, the, in the context of, the, of this month's series on confidence and self-esteem. I want to talk to you today about encouragement. Because we all need a 12th man in our life. I am, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a runner, and I'm training for a marathon, but there is nothing, um, there's no comparison between waking up at 6 a.m. on a Monday, cold, wet, and dark, running on your own with blisters, and just thinking, I've got to get this done. Compare that to running the Potter's Half Marathon when hundreds and thousands of people lie in the street. In London, thousands upon thousands of people lie in the street to encourage you on and be your 12th man. In this world, whether it be running, whether it be football, whether it be working a nine to five, a single parent, you're going for bereavement, you're going for a tough situation in your life, we all need a 12th man in our life. We all need encouraging, we all need some encouragement. And I think church, and I think it is, this church, so many people in this church have that gift of encouragement. So many people are able to, when you're having a bad day, just say something in such a way, at such the right time, that somehow it gives you courage, which is what encouragement is all about. I think church should be the most encouraging place, not the football pitch, not the stadium, not the London Marathon, no... Church, full stop, should be the most encouraging place because the world that we live in is discouraging. 
The world that we live in is dark. The world that we live in is full of sin. The world that we live in is broken. We need each other. We need each other. A verse in Hebrews 10, which is what triggered all of this thought. This is where it started for me. Verse 24 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate, or in other translations, encourage one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I like how the Passion Translation phrases that first line. It says this, discover creative ways to encourage and motivate them. Because there is not only one way to encourage somebody. There are multitudes of ways which we can discover. The book of Hebrews, we don't know the author. We don't we don't fully know a lot of the context, but what we do know is people were being persecuted. People were being imprisoned for their faith in Jesus Christ. So the writer is encouraging the, the reader, the Hebrews, our life is hard. We all need encouragement. And the phrase in the title is the gift of encouragement. And I think if you've ever received encouragement at just the right time, for just the right reason, from just the right person, in just that right moment... It probably felt to you, as it has to me, like a gift, like a gift wrapped with a bow. Somebody said or did something to you at just the right time when you needed it, and it felt to you like a gift. So that's one angle that I'm taking with my message today. The second angle is that the gift of encouragement is an actual gift. In Romans, um, Romans 12, Paul talks about it. It says, if your gift is to encourage others... And there's no hierarchy in the gifts, but I, the, longer I, the longer I'm in church, the more I'm in ministry, I think this is the, boast, the most needed gift, the best gift. It, gift of encouragement, bar none, is what we need. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. So if you have that gift, be encouraging because we need you. And then it goes on to say some of the other gifts as well. So Paul talks about a gift of encouragement. So there's Two angles. And this word encouragement, Greek word, paraklesis. Paraklesis. And it's like a call to one side. I'm going to just come alongside you and encourage you. We need somebody to take us to one side and say, I'm with you. Come to me. Well, Jesus says that, doesn't he? Come to me, all who are weary. He's the, he's the best encourager. I'll get onto that in a moment. I'll get back to paraclesis as well in just, in towards the end of today's message. But it's all about bringing, com- bringing comfort to someone and bringing someone close to comfort them. We don't all have this gift because if we all had the gift, the one, you know, we, we have different gifts. And I'm not going to go into that today. Um, but we can, as, as the p- Passion Translation of that verse reads, we can all discover creative ways to encourage one another. So hopefully today's message, if you're thinking, well, life's hard. I need encouragement. I'm not going to go and encourage somebody else. Or I just don't feel like I'm confident enough to encourage people, so I'll just stay as I am. Thanks, Ben. Hopefully this message will just give you some creative ideas of how you can be encouraging if you don't feel as if you have the gift of encouragement. Um, and I think people give and receive encouragement 
in different ways, much like we give and receive love in different ways. Rob, a few weeks ago, talked about the, the love languages. We can give gifts. We can give quality time. We can give love in words of affirmation. It's the same with encouragement. We can give encouragement verbally, but we can also give it in other ways, which is today's message, which um, I'm going to look at in the next sort of 20 minutes. Five ways to give the gift of encouragement. In a series when we're looking at confidence and self-esteem, I just felt we can encourage one another. Five ways to give the gift of encouragement. The first one is generosity. And I'm looking for the first four of my five points. I'm looking at a guy in the, in the Bible who is one of my favorite characters. Not, he's not, so Hebrews goes on. I read Hebrews 10. Hebrews 12 goes on to talk about a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on like a running race. His name isn't mentioned in that great list of people, but I think he should be shoehorned in because he is a great encourager. And I would want him in my great cloud of witnesses cheering me on as the 12th man. His name is Joseph. Now you might be thinking, what? Okay, Joseph, Jesus's dad? No, 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 not that one. Joseph and his technical dream coat? No, 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 not that one. Joseph. From the New Testament, from Acts. You might know him as Barnabas. Barney, that was his nickname. Barnabas was his nickname, which is son of encouragement. Um, and he used encouragement in different ways. The first one, it's already on screen, which is generosity. This is what it says in Acts 4 about Barnabas. For instance, there, this is verse 38 of Acts 4. There was Joseph. I told, I told you I didn't make this up. The one of the apostles, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means great name, son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field. So here we go, generosity. How do you encourage somebody? I'm not necessarily saying you have to do exactly this, although you might want to. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles' feet. Now, we just had an offering, and I'm not, I'm not saying that offering is multidimensional. It's, offering is you giving to God, you giving to the church, you supporting the church, but it's also a way of encouraging. If nobody gave in the offering, how discouraged would the staff and leadership team of this church be? But how encouraged are the team when people give? And I'm not just talking finances. I'm talking about your time. I noticed that Phil Cotton is not here because he's in kids' church. I noticed he was wearing a lanyard. One minute he wasn't, next minute he was. And I, I asked him, why are you wearing the kids' church lanyard? He'd stepped in because somebody else was poorly. He stepped in and said, I'll do kids' church this morning. He went in. How encouraging for the kids' church team when somebody does something, sells a field, something of value, because he wanted to be in for my message. He <laughs> No, I told him, it's not worth it. You, you go in kids' church, it's not <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. Anyway, but balance it out, balance it out. Um, anyway, so where were we? So he sold his field and he laid it at the feet of the kids' team and says, take this. How encouraging is it? It happened to me two weeks, two weeks ago. Do you like the, the kind of the visuals we've got going on here? Somebody roughly two weeks ago, sent me a message, and, and I'd, a few, maybe a month or two before, had mentioned, it'd be good if somebody could design something for this series. It'd be great. Left it there. Somebody messaged me and said, I've done it. What do you think? And sent me a, I, I say somebody, his name is Dan. He's actually on the camera right now. He's, he's currently, you can just about see him. 
But I can tell you, it was, it's a great design. But for me, the most important thing was how, how it encouraged and lifted me and gave me courage and made me think, wow, people are willing. And I was so encouraged by somebody offering their time. It was not only what he did or what he created, but how he did it as well. It was as if, I'm not saying Dan's perfect, but it was almost perfect. Some, it was almost exactly what I would want and need. So thanks to Dan for that. But that was encouragement of giving like a Barnabas. He didn't say any words to me. He encouraged me by giving. So discover creative ways to encourage one another. Give something to somebody, whether it be money, time, resource, care. That's number one. Number two, and they all, just to kind of help with your memory and your note-taking, they all end with the the two letters T-Y. So we've had generosity, and the second one is Positive, where's Matt? Matt said to me, do you want me to move my pedal? And I was like, there's no way I'm going to trip over it. I mean, there's a lot of value in that kit. You know, there's a sell of field kind of value in that kit. So um, it's okay, I just like nudged it, I think. But I, I was like, there's no way, Matt, I will not trip over it. And I did. Positivity, thanks for being positive. Thanks for your encouragement. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, I'll sell a field and buy you a new one if you need. (laughs) Positivity number two. (laughs) And this is kind of the the normal, this is the the encouragement that we're probably more familiar with. It's those positive comments. It's it's sending somebody a text. It's somebody giving someone a phone call, putting positive words of affirmation. Because even if it's not your love language, we all need positive words of affirmation. We all need well done. Like, I think we need more of it. If we hear one negative, we need 10 positives to kind of counteract that one negative. So if you've, if you've been in an environment when you've received 10 negative comments that day, you need 100 positive things. So don't diminish just your well done. You're doing a great job. I saw what you did. You are valuable. You are worth it. You are good. I like you. I love you. Whatever, you know, these affirming things. And also maybe, if you want to go to another level, be specific. What did you like about it or them? Because sometimes it might just help even further because you put that thought into it. You put that care into it. Be specific. Look for the good in people because we all want to give people feedback about how they made me feel or how they could improve next time. And and those things are good. Feedback is good. And making people feel Um, empowered to be better than they were. But I think we can look for the good as opposed to, and I'm guilty of this, looking with critical eyes and, and sort of negative eyes. But if we can be positive, I think it can go a long way. And here's one for me. Start finding fault. That's my first instinct, find fault. Or this one, bite your tongue when you just feel like being mean. Because we all do that sometimes. Every now and then, I just want to be a bit mean. Can I just get away with it? Because there's good Christian boys and girls. We're all very much good 97% of the time. But there's just a 3% of the time where we just want to be a bit naughty. Don't do it. Hold your tongue. And also, just point out, notice when things go well or things are good. So I didn't mean to do it. It just, just before the service started, I saw Phil. And he's not here to hear that. But that was so encouraging for me to see. So notice when somebody does something Good. Back to Barnabas in Acts 9, verse 26. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, this is Saul, Paul, the apostle, persecutor of Christians, converted to faith. 
he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him because not long before had he been condoning um, people being stoned and killed for their faith. So they were afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Here we go. Barney on the scene. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the day on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. He gave his recommendation, his affirmation, and he says, despite what other people are saying, despite what you think, despite the negative that you see in him, I believe in him, and I'm prepared to put my neck on the line and say, I believe in Saul. And aren't we all glad, Christians, that Barnabas did that because had we not had Saul, Paul, we would not have a lot of our New Testament. We would be in a different place right now. So I'm thankful for Saul, but I'm thankful more for Barnabas. We need a Barnabas. Barnabas believed in him and gave him his big break. And he did it publicly. And I'm not saying that we need to constantly be public about our encouragement, but I think there's a value to encouraging people in front of others as well. And I think we can also, just to kind of add a little bit of balance, because I'm fully aware that this message is all about encouragement. A little bit of a balance. I'm not talking about flattery or sort of manipulating somebody to the point where you want to gain something. You want to just be nice to them so they can give you something maybe in the future. I don't think flattery is godly. Too much praise can give someone a big head. And I'm I'm not, so I'm, not, I'm just adding that warning there, balance, I think. I think it's important to say that, but I don't want to dwell on that because I really want to emphasize the, the importance and the gift of encouragement. And I think maybe the way of phrasing it to help you is give God the credit, what he's done in someone. So as well as praising somebody for how good they are and how good they look and how amazing they are, also give God the praise for how he's done that in and through them. That gives the balance and that stops them having a big head. But also sometimes people are so low, they just need a little pumping up. So pump up their big head a little bit, but not too much. And allow, (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to add that little bit of balance in there. So generosity is a way that you can encourage someone. Positivity is a way that you can encourage somebody. The third one, proximity. Barnabas, again, in Acts 11, it says, I used to have size 12 font, but I need to upgrade to size 14. Anyway, when the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, which is lots of Gentiles becoming Christians, so when they'd heard this is happening, good stuff's happening, they sent, of course they would, You'd want to send your best guy, Barnabas, to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy. And he, here we go again, encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man. This is where it starts for Barnabas. This is what's so important. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Then, there's something missing. Barnabas, lots lots of good is happening But Barnabas, for him, there's something missing. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. He's the big encourager. He's looking for his maybe slightly discouraged mate. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at, at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Barnabas knew that he needed to encourage Saul. 
He knew he needed to discover a creative way to do that. He needed to be with him. He needed to get close to him. He needed to engage in proximity with him. You, in, in encouragement, you don't necessarily have to say or do anything. Just you being with them is enough. Go and seek out the people that need encouragement. Like Barnabas went for Saul, bring him to a place of encouragement. In Antioch was the first place that people were identified as Christians. So there must have been some good happening there. So, so Barnabas is like, I've got to get my mate Saul here. I've got to get him in the house of God. I've got to bring him to be with me. Proximity is one other way that you can encourage someone. Sometimes your presence is enough to encourage someone. So don't diminish just you turning up. Turning up to an event, turning up to your small group, turning up to your ministry meeting, turning up late at night, early morning prayer, turning up when you've got, you're busy, turning up brings more encouragement than you realize. Just turning up and being with the people is so good. Just get along. That's what encouragement is. Come alongside to comfort people. So if you're not good with words, you're good, you're, you can still be good with encouragement. You just sit next to somebody. Sit next to and be with them. So that's three. Number four is loyalty. And I haven't, I'd love to maybe spend a whole message on this, but I'm just going to briefly talk about another one of my favorite guys in the Bible called John Mark. So good they named him twice. John Mark. <laughs> Acts 15, after, this is verse 36, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, there he is again, guys, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas, he was delighted by this idea because he loves encouraging. Barnabas agreed and he wanted to take along John Mark. We're all a, bit of, we're all a little bit like John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Paul was focused on the negative, probably for very legitimate reasons. I'm not knocking Paul in this. Um, and had not continued with them in their work. Verse 29, 39, their disagreement was so sharp. So he doesn't take messing, Barnabas. He's, he's encouraging, but he doesn't take messing. That they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him. There again, proximity. I'll take this reject, the one that nobody else wants, the one that let everybody else down. On a previous missionary trip, when he was with them, he abandoned them and ran home to his mummy. He let them down. I think he literally did run home to his mum's house. I think that's actually what he did do. He let them down. He was a failure. He was a traitor. He was bad news. But who's going to get alongside the one that is the least, the, the, the least popular? Of course, it's going to be the son of encouragement. Barnabas was loyal to the point where, because he was getting a lot of, you know, he was preaching to thousands. He was getting a lot of reputation. He was getting a lot of speaking engagements. He was getting a lot of, you know, big books, social media followers. He was, get, he was becoming an influencer alongside Paul, the apostle. But he's willing to let all of that go out of loyalty for John Mark. And I think if you don't feel like you're an encourager, just be a loyal person. 
Just be loyal to the rejected. Be loyal to the people that let you down or have let you down. Be loyal to the people that other people don't show loyalty to. Be Barnabas. So I spent most of my message talking about Barnabas. I've got six minutes to talk about another encourager in the Bible who inspired Barnabas. And of course, you're probably guessing is Jesus. The final way to give the gift of encouragement is to come to the one who is the source of all encouragement. That is Jesus. In fact, when it comes to encouragement, not only is Jesus involved, the whole Trinity is involved. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm going to read a couple of verses that prove it to you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So these are five ways that we can give the gift of encouragement. Now, I might need to explain what what I mean by Trinity. You probably know the term Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God, three in one. But how can that help other people in your encouragement? As I mentioned, Jesus is the ultimate gift of encouragement. And I love this. On the night he knows he's going to be crucified, or was it the night before, the Last Supper, he knows he's going to be betrayed by Judas, and then eventually he's going to go to the cross and die. He's got license in that moment to kind of expect a little bit of sympathy. He's got very good reason to sort of want a little bit of pandering and, is it moddy coddling? That's a good phrase. He, he's got every right to want some sympathy. and a shul- he, He's got every right to lay his head on someone else's shoulder to cry. You might be going through your own stuff, but like Jesus, even if you're going through stuff and even if you personally feel discouraged, there's nothing better than giving encouragement because Jesus, in his darkest moment, on the night of his betrayal, during the last supper, Jesus encouraged his disciples. First of all, he washed their feet in the, in the beginning moments. Even Judas, his betrayer, he washed his feet. Like a Barnabas who sold a field and did something for the people to encourage. Jesus did something. A demonstration of how to encourage. Well, I'm going to do something to encourage you. Generosity. He then spends time with them, talking to them, teaching them, eating with them proximity. At the end of the sort of few chapters in John that I'm referring to, he prays for them. That's another way that you haven't even got onto that, but you can pray for people and that is an encouragement in itself. He assures them, and this is where we get into my point, my conclusion about Trinity. He assures them that he will not leave them and he will not leave you on your own. No matter what difficult stuff you are facing, what marathons you're facing, whatever hurdles you've got to overcome. He will not leave you on your own. And this is what he says. I'll read read three things he says, and he uses the same word. John 14, if you love me, obey my commandments. So this is verse 15. And here's the Trinity in action. This is Jesus, the Son. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you later on in in, in, a few verses later verse 26 in John 14 when the father sends the advocate as my representative that is the Holy Spirit he will teach you everything I want the gift I want to be a gift of encouragement to people well the Holy Spirit is going to teach you everything and will remind you of everything Jesus 
has told you. A chapter later in John 15, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. That word advocate, which I've mentioned three times, is parakletos, the same word that I talked about earlier for encouragement. He will give you encouragement that will never leave you. He will give you a gift of encouragement, the Holy Spirit that will never, ever leave you. He will be a constant encouragement to you, your comforter. He is there to teach and to remind you to be like Jesus. So how do I give the gift of encouragement? I need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. And in doing so, he will teach me how to be an encourager. He will teach you how to love one another when it's hard. He will be your comfort in time of need. When you're on your own and there's no one to be a Barnabas to you, he will be your source of encouragement. He will give you confidence and boost your self-esteem. It is Jesus. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that wants to encourage you today. So if you need encouragement, come to Jesus. Should we get to our feet? I'll pray. And then we'll worship. I just want to pray that maybe you just, you need some encouragement. And I'm going to ask as many people in the room as this applies to, to put, a, put your hands up. And if you need encouragement, I'm going to ask you to, in a second just to lift your hand and just as a sign of surrender. If you need the, if you want the Holy Spirit to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, again, I'm going to ask you to put your hands up as I pray. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to ask anything scary or anything different. I'm just going to ask you to do something privately and personally to say, yes, I need encouragement, but I know where to get my encouragement from. I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let him fill you up with encouragement so you can go out from here and encourage others. So if you feel like you need encouragement, I'm doing it myself. Lift up a hand. If you feel discouraged or downhearted or, or you feel troubled in some area or you're, you just need a touch from heaven, you just need a touch from the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled again. Jesus, come and fill me again. Spirit of God, fill me again. I don't want to be dry. I don't want yesterday's bread. I don't want yesterday's oil. I want now. I want you, God. Pour your Spirit out upon me. Holy Spirit, would you come and lay rest on everybody in this room? Holy Spirit, would you come and bring your encouragement, your peace, your strength, your confidence right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and be a blessing as only you can? Would you come alongside each and every one of us? Come close and be our Barnabas right now. Holy Spirit, would you train us, equip us, teach us, and send us from this room? And may we be great encouragers but right now in preparation we need we need the Holy Spirit we cannot do this without you and as a sign of surrender as a, as a declaration of faith we lift up our hands and we say God come and encourage us right now in the name of Jesus Amen <laughs>